0: We're going to welcome into the program Jeff Tarpley from Giggum247.com and Jeff I hate to ask this question without having played a single game yet but with Alabama looming how important is this Vandy game at
1: home? It's important from the standpoint that you're getting a game out of the way before you're facing a team like the Tide in week two or the Florida Gators in week three. We, we just continue to see teams struggle playing that first game of the season. You always see that even pre-COVID-19 uh, that we've got right now. But – it's important to get that first game out of the way because you just don't always know what you have. These guys haven't played. they didn't. Most teams didn't even have spring practice, so it's been nine months since you had an actual game on a field in front of fans. There's always some nervous. There's always some things that don't go as smoothly as what you plan. People respond differently on the big stage as opposed to on the practice field. So from that standpoint, just seeing who responds to that atmosphere, getting out there, getting in those 11-11 situations, getting your subs in and out, uh, calling your plays at the line of scrimmage, responding to what you're seeing from the offense on the opposite side of the ball. Special teams' mistakes are always important. I think it's just important to get those kinks out of the way before you get to on end of the season, and it's always better to do that against it team like vanderbilt
0: you you mentioned that uh and it's fair for everybody because everybody in the league is doing it but man alive you're in the sec and you're not getting that tune-up game before you die right into the middle of this thing
1: yeah and, and i said this on on our message boards multiple times over you know since the schedule came out but a gotten a real advantage opening up against a team like Vanderbilt. They're the worst team in the SEC on paper. They've had either a number of kids opt out or not going to play this year. think the last count was like nine players. Uh, their offensive line includes three freshmen in the two deep, and one of their starting guards is going to be a converted defensive tackle. You've got a freshman quarterback. You've got a new you know They don't know exactly who their running backs are going to be. New coordinators on both sides of the ball. So, for A&M on paper, this sets up really, really well in terms of working all of those issues out of the way against someone like Vandy as opposed to a team like an Alabama or Florida or even somewhere else on down the line.
0: Let me ask you about Kellen Mond coming into his senior year. How do you – being around Jeff Fisher and understanding what he wants to do offensively, Last year, I watched. I, I really dialed in at A and M when they were. I was at the LSU game, and I really thought he played poorly. It was the first time that I, that I watched him, and I thought, boy, he doesn't look like he's got a real grasp of the football, a real grasp of the offense, a grasp of what Jeff Fisher was expecting him to do. With a miss in the spring, I mean, to talk to me about Kellen Mond and how he needs to, the steps he needs to take in order to make A and M a real contender.
1: I will say this, the people that that have been around him in fall camp and and during summer workouts have all talked about how much more vocal he is, how much more of a leader he is. He's made his teammates more comfortable with his ability to talk to them and get them to understand what he wants to actually be a leader as opposed to someone who's just out there playing one of the, another of the 11 positions, so to speak. He's going to have to get better on the way from Kyle Field, there's no question about that. The LSU and Oklahoma State, uh, State games last year, the way he threw the football, they left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. But if he can get better protection this year, always a key, and he should be able to get better protection given the fact he's got Everybody back who's got starting experience. You've got your running backs who have more experience at picking up blitzers and working in, in, in tandem with the offensive line. He's got more speed at receiver to help him get the ball down the field, something that's been particularly lacking the last couple of years, especially in 2019. But we won't really know until A&M goes on the road because his passer rating is just so far below – what it is at Kyle Field is comfort level at Kyle Field is so much greater. He's going to have to narrow that gap for A and M to be the type of program that everyone wants him to be this season.
0: Jeff, I covered Isaiah Spiller in high school, and I was impressed by the success he had last season. What are the expectations for him in 2020?
1: I don't know that everybody expects him to be a superstar, but he's lost some weight. He's more agile. He's improved his burst Son, He's a guy who runs with really good lean, runs behind his pads, runs with power. Uh, he can, he's, he's the kind of guy who has vision and the ability to break contact to find op- the open field. He's not a, a top-end guy, so to speak, but he's someone who can generate those long runs and can generate good runs with those capabilities. But one of the things to keep in mind is is that in in terms of yards before contact, he had one of the lowest totals in the SEC last year. Uh, I think his average yardage before contact was like two-point something. In the low twos, it just wasn't very good at all. So as we talked about with – Kellen Mond and his protection holding up to enable him to get the ball down the field. Uh, The offensive line also is going to have to do a better job of run blocking so that Spiller's able to make contact at the line of scrimmage or beyond as opposed to in the backfield, which was a problem last year.
0: The Aggies have five players on the preseason All-SEC team. What does that say about the direction that Jimbo Fisher is taking this program?
1: Well, a can, you know, Fisher's just a great recruiter. If you've been around him at all, he's a very, very personable guy. You get the sense that he can relate to just about anybody, which translates into him being a very, very good person to have in the home, a very, very good person to be behind the mic at press conferences, a very, very good person in the locker room. So, you're getting a guy at the top of the program who's a really great guy to sell your program. He understands recruiting. He understands how to recruit people. Uh, he understands how to evaluate people. Uh, you know, so many times we we sit there and we go, well, this guy's a four-star, this guy's a three-star, or whatever. But he's really, really good at being able to sit there and go, yes, this guy can play no, maybe we need to take somebody else in in place of this other guy or putting guys in their best position to succeed. So, as a result, the talent level is on the rise at A&M, and I think that's what you're seeing with regard to the all-SEC teams. And also, this is a very upperclassman-heavy team. Uh, He's finally – I I think even with a couple of opt-outs, they've got like 20, close to 20 guys that are draft eligible. Uh, So – You combine the increasing talent level with the experience level. And so you've got a team that theoretically should be able to go somewhere, especially with all the changes in the remainder of the conference and in the SEC West.
0: Can you talk about the depth of the A&M defense? And do you think this unit's going to be the – are they going to be like the strong point of the team?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, This is, again, they've added athleticism. Uh, You've got a lot of experience up front. Uh, You've got a really good rotation at defensive tackle. Uh, A&M can go, you know, five, six deep. You've got linebackers that even with the opt-out of Anthony Hines. uh, You've got a guy like Aaron Hansford who's got really good playing time, probably a better overall athlete than Hines that you can plug in. Look for a guy named Edron Cooper who's now moved into the two deep and uh, is an explosive player who's going to be someone to watch on down the line. Everybody thinks he's going to be a real star going forward. The secondary is better. They've upgraded the athleticism. Uh, with guys like Jalen Jones and Anthony Johnson in the secondary, the youngster, but you've got some veterans coming back. You've got Damani Richardson, who's an all-SEC caliber safety. So you've got the players. And you've got a really good DC in Mike Elko who understands how to get people in position, the importance of pursuit, the importance of taking the right angle, just being very, very fundamentally solid in everything you do. So Overall, this is a group that should have a really good year if they can get more pass rushing, if they can get more coverage on the back end of the secondary, cut down on those big plays. This is a group that not only should be the strength of the, of the program, but also one of, one of the best units in the SEC.
0: Hey, Jeff, what do you guys got, uh, you got going on right now on gigum247.com?
1: Well, it's kind of interesting. You would think that for a season opener, everybody would be pretty excited. Uh, But it's it's kind of funny. It's just everybody's just kind of in a wait and see mode almost Uh, in terms of the excitement level. Uh, You know, with the cancel you know some of the cancellations that have happened. I think there's even a, a worry that. Hey, look! Are they even going to play the game? And of course, Vanderbilt had a number of guys out, out but but given the SEC's threshold, which is fifty three players, uh, you know, players, to fifty three players to suit out, uh, with they've got enough. You know, the offensive line. I think they'll be they'll be fine in that regard. Uh, the main thing is everybody's. They understand this is Jimbo Fisher's third year in the program. He's recruited well. They want to see it on the field. And I think everybody's going to be in wait-and-see mode right now until they get to Alabama and Florida. And then it's like, okay, we've been told all these things. They haven't seen anything uh, because practices have been closed, even to the media. They, they send us video. They send us pictures. That's it. So there's a lot of wait-and-see mode right now. For week one that we really weren't expecting, I think next week after everybody gets a chance to see A and M and everybody relaxes a little bit, that you're going to get football played on a week to week basis. I think it's going to get. I think everything's going to get really, really dialed up next week. <laughs> well, I
0: promise you, everybody's holding their breath up here again. Uh, hey, Jeff, yeah. we appreciate your time. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.
1: No problem, guys. Thank you for the time. Really appreciate you.
0: You bet. Jeff Tarpley, dot 247com